Hiya, I'm Joe Mellis. Welcome to Cows Not Cow, episode two. Now, this is a podcast about a book. We're better than the bit in the back cover telling you what it's about because we go into more detail. We're like a tasting platter for the main course. And this particular book is all about networking. If you've just found us here, episode one was called Networking, what it is, what it's not, how it works and why it works. Before that, there's also an episode zero, which is an outline of what you can expect across our full season. Oh, and it also explains why the entire thing is called Cows not cow. That's definitely worth a listen. Find the other episodes wherever you got this one. They're all there. And then if you click to subscribe or follow us, you'll get the new ones automatically when we publish those. This is episode two of Cows Not Cow, the book, in the company of the book's author and networking expert, Andrew Smith. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Let's uh, let's get going. Or in other words, let's move on. Okay. Episode two is about different types of networking event. Never fearful of asking what might subsequently be confirmed as a daft question. Are there are there a lot of different types of networking event? I mean, maybe you could take us through a few of the more common ones, Andrew. Loads of different networking events have you know small differences in the in the formats, uh, the number of people there, or it could be the mix of people that are there. But in general, uh, I think there are there are three main different types of of networking event. There's the, the more informal, where you're simply going to, to an event, you're registering, and then it's a room full of people, you know, however many people that will be, and it's a chance to, to speak with others there. It could be you chat with five people at an event, 10 people at the event, you be long conversations, short conversations, or a mix. So there are a number of these more informal events out there, and that will be the first type. Second type is where they're more highly structured, and there's a pitching element, there could be timings in, involved as well, and where if somewhere everybody in the room will, will take it in turn, you know, to give a pitch, to give an introduction on, on their business. Others where it's done within within uh, within groups, and the groups are moving around meeting other groups, or it could be what they call a, a speed net networking event, where, you know, you and I would talk about our businesses, then we both go on and meet somebody else and repeat, and again, and again. Then a third type has got a mixture of the two. So there could be an element of pitching uh, or presenting or asking for requests for help. But there's also that more free-flowing, open networking element as well. So I do think in general, um, if you summarise in these three different types, the very likely structured open networking, the more formal or more highly structured type, and then the third type is those that have a, a mixture of both elements. Do they all achieve broadly the same thing, these events, or, or are some tailored to deliver specific results? They do all still have the, the same end goal, which for most people um, is to develop relationships, to gain new business opportunities, to, to win new business. Some people have different goals. It could be visibility, could be new contacts, could be new suppliers, potentially looking for a job. They could be looking to, looking to recruit for, for their business or for organisation. But generally, it's, it's the same. Some network events have, for example, have a, you know, have a speaker element. You know, so you're also going there to hear from a speaker, to learn. But for the networking part, then we're still trying to do the same thing, develop relationships to gain new opportunities. Now, given we're all different, or, or wouldn't the world be a boring place, I'm going to guess that some events will appeal to certain personality types more than others. And I'll give you an example. Perhaps, you know, if I'm starting out in this journey, in fact, I think more than likely if I'm starting from scratch, I'm going to be slightly fearful of what it might be like. So rather than walk into a room of complete strangers, I might be prepared to meet one complete stranger or maybe 
I'm not shy, but I prefer one-to-one conversation. So that's what I opt for. And I, I go on to develop good relationships one at a time, which is great, but I probably won't build my network as quickly as if I went to networking events with a load of people. In short, which events work best and, and does it depend on me? It does, yeah, very much so. It's the personality of the of the networker. I know of some people who build their networks, you know, one-on-one. They've got an introduction from somebody they know well to meet somebody from that conversation it becomes clear. Another introduction could be made. And that can be can be very effective, but you're right, it's time consuming and it's slow as well. Networking events give the opportunity to be meeting a lot of people in a short period of time that are all there for, to do the same things. A fear I've heard talked about a lot over the years, I'm going to quite a bit of detail in the in the book, is that fear of joining conversations with complete strangers. What do we say at the start? How do we join them? And although we give a lot of help in the in the book, there's no doubt if that's fearful. I would encourage the newer network, especially, to stay away from these these open networking events to start with and to look for something more structured where you get the chance to explain your business. The structure gives you the chance to meet others guaranteed. The speed networking example would be just would be just one of them. Aberdeen Business Network runs a, an M4, a, a meet everyone networking event. So you don't necessarily have to spend so much time nervous trying to get into these conversations. However, if your personality is like, yeah, I love the idea of going in and meeting new people, of speaking to new people, developing, uh, developing rapport, then you should go for one of these more open networking events. What are the, the short-term and long-term goals, Andrew? Because I imagine for most folk, I mean, the ultimate desire, as you say, is to get business, people through the door, money in the bank, but that doesn't start on day one, does it? So what should happen at that point? I recommend to, to every networker, including experienced networkers that maybe drifted away from doing this, to have your pair event goals and the long-term goals. And if long-term goals fit with overall sales and marketing goals, that's great. And it could be to win new business, it could be a figure of new business, you know, after let's say 12 months. But to work towards that, then yeah, you need to break it down to, to pair event goals. So I've heard good networkers talking about saying, I want to meet at least five new people. I want to meet two new people that I'm going to have follow-ups with. Um, I want to, you know, speak to three, you know, potential introducers, and that's two-way introductions because there are links between the, their businesses and, and their sectors. So it's that that twin approach I would recommend: the overall goal for your networking efforts, but also pair event goals that help to achieve the overall one. Whenever I ask you about stuff like this, I always get around to a point where I think. Am I overthinking this? I mean, are, are people listening, just making a note along the lines of, okay, talk to that person, get and give name next. I mean, am I overcomplicating it? Is it just a chat? Again, you know, in the same way, I think there's a balance between the long-term goals and, and the per event short-term goals. I think there's a balance that we'll need to achieve in a network and have been open to a conversation with anyone. I've had so many examples of, you know, start speaking to somebody, didn't think we have anything in common, you know, but it turns out, or their neighbour is X, or their friend is, is Y, you know, and that then led to an introduction that's led to a brilliant relationship for, for both parties. But also believe that within that, if we set goals of saying, okay, seeing the attendee list in advance and saying, okay, I'd really like to speak with her and her and him, that's more likely to get the benefit that we're looking for, but we don't know you know, how a conversation is going to go with somebody unless we speak to them. So always be open to chatting to anyone, but within that, to increase the chances of success, 
have some targets from the list or, or, or pair event goals. I spoke a little bit about personality types earlier and certain events being better suited to me uh, than others. How do I find out which one suits me best? Getting information online for, for a start, events that are posted on, on Eventbrite, for example, normally they're going to say a little bit about the events. You can get a flavour for you know, whether there's a chance to, whether it is meet everybody, whether you will get a chance to, to say you know, something to the room. Or if it's, if, if it's you're talking about being informal, open, networking, and thinking, okay, well, which of these is more likely to, to suit me? Which am I thinking, I like that? Which am I thinking, oh, no, that would make me would make me very nervous. Look for feedback online as well. And finally, it's to, it's to speak if you've got a contact, somebody that you know that has been to one of these events, then ask them, you know, say, I'm thinking about going to this, you know, but I'm a little bit nervous on joining conversations or I'm nervous on, on public speaking, you know, for now. Would you recommend that, or is there something else that you would that you would recommend? So these three things can help you get a flavour of what it's like, although you only really know once you go and where you see there's a fit. And what are the absolute must dos about this? Uh, you know, whichever type of event you take part in, whether it's one to one, a group setting, informal or structured, in person or virtual. Uh, now those are coming more into play since COVID. There have to be rules applicable to all otherwise the system would fall apart so what must i make sure that i do ask questions i've heard so often over the over the years and i spent a bit of time on this in the, in the book that yes we're you know we want to share information about ourselves but if we're trying to develop relationships we have to show interest if we want interest shown it to be shown in us we have to show interest in others and that's by asking questions listening to the answers asking follow-up questions from the people that we're speaking with, that's when we find out more and that's when we develop relationships. Our chance to speak will will come and there's much more chance of others being interested in us if we've shown interest in them first. So if I'm just breaking it down to, to one thing, you know, one must do is ask questions. Okay, and by contrast, is there anything that I should make sure that I don't do? Yeah, don't try to sell biscuits at the event. There's a fair chance it could be biscuits at the at the event. But no, it's don't it's don't sell. You know, we're not there to sell. People don't like being sold to. It's not being qualified. They're wanting to share information. They're wanting to develop relationships. We go in with with a hard sell. If there's a complaint I've heard, the number one complaint about networkers over the years, and it's a small minority that, that do this, but it does go on for for a whole number of reasons. It's somebody will say, oh, you know, oh, but, oh, there's one guy and he just tried, just tried to sell them straight away. And I saw him doing that with others as well. And somebody may have had, you know, 10 good conversations with others, but it's the person that sold them that remember, and there's no chance they're going to do business with them. So don't sell. How involved does the uh, the, the book uh, get on, on this subject? Give me an idea of, of what you discuss in more length. Yeah, there's there's a, again, I suppose, a, yeah, a, a mini theme you know, running through, which is sell less to sell more. Because I don't, you know, I, we've been saying that the number one goal for us all is to sell more. Yeah, and then now I'm saying event or oh, don't sell. But there's a way to do that. It takes a bit of explaining. And I do that across, yeah, several different uh, uh, tips in the, in the book of how we can sell less at the event and we must sell less and how in time that leads to selling so much more. 
It's a neat trick, isn't it? And ultimately, I think this is uh, worth a reminder. As you keep going to more and more of whatever type of event, will your networking skills improve as your network presumably grows bigger? Maybe. Yeah, to explain that, <laughs> your networking experience will increase. You're going to be more comfortable. You're going to be more confident. But for some that observe and review, then yes, you know, I believe their, their skills you know, will improve. Just because we do something a lot doesn't necessarily mean that we get better at it and bad habits can, can creep in. And that's why I would always recommend for all levels of networker, looking at, you know, at networking training, reading networking tips, reading articles, and between that review of what you're doing and also you know, looking for more information that, that, that's out there, perhaps going to some training. If you do these two things, you're going to get more experienced and I believe your skills will improve as well. Is there a guideline which would suggest, you know, I'm doing something wrong along the lines of it's been this long since I started working, uh, networking, and, and I've had no results from it. How, how long should it take to bear fruit? I think that, I think that six months is not a bad cutoff. If you're, if you're networking regularly, you're, you're reviewing and you feel that you're doing the right things in terms of you're trying to build relationships, you're showing interest in others, you're trying to, to help them, you are helping others, but you feel there isn't anything coming back the other way in terms of help, in terms of introductions, in terms of new opportunities, then that's worth a, worth a closer look. What is going wrong in terms of the, the process? You know, is there something you're not doing and say that after an event, you're getting right up to that point, but it's the follow-up and it's the ongoing. I think six months is a good, is not a bad cut off. You need to give it time, but you don't want to give it too long without getting benefits. Someone might need adjusted. Okay, I, I can uh, I can understand the idea of um, of going to events and critiquing your, your approach. Yeah. And six months is, is a, you know, a finite period of time. What you didn't define for me there is how often is regular? It's different for everyone. The factors there are, you know, what can you commit in terms of in terms of time and in terms of, of money as well. If somebody, for example, that's in a um, in a sales and a business development role, they're not operational, they're one of a fairly large team, then they often have the chance to commit more. A business owner working on their on their own um, is doing several jobs, therefore won't have as much time. But regular is what gets results. Regular could be. For, for somebody that, that has the, the time availability and there is a healthy budget, financial budget to do it, that could be twice a, could be twice a week. But for the business owner, you know, it could be just once a, once a month. Whatever it is, the key to do it is regularly because then you're constantly meeting the same people again and you're meeting new people. You're developing the quantity and the quality of your relationships if you do it regularly. I wouldn't recommend several times a week because then the time commitment can get too much and I certainly wouldn't recommend less than once a month. It's interesting because it, it, it sounds to me similar to what I would explain to my clients who approach me and say, right, I want to start a podcast. You know, how, how often should I do it? And I said, well, think about the commitment of, of time and, and effort that you're making. But, but generally speaking, when it comes to podcasts, and this is what I'll equate it to here with networking, when it comes to podcasts, if you're going to do a podcast that comes out once a month or once a fortnight, it's going probably to take longer for you to achieve a sort of uplift than if you were doing it once a week. So uh, is networking a, a similar kind of response? Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you are, you know, once a month compared to, compared to once a week, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take longer, but if in terms of of your time 
and the financial commitment, you know, that's what you can can afford. If you're doing it less, but still doing it regularly, then do it properly. And also knowing as well, time's required for the prep and the event and the follow-up and maybe the follow-up meetings as well. So you're saying once a month, not for, it's not two hours, it could end up being four hours per, per event. But if you do it regularly, the results will come. It might just take a little bit longer if it's once a month. And as I become more experienced, Andrew, and let's assume that I am honing my networking approach and sort of critiquing myself and trying to improve and, you know, chip away and, and, and make it better all the time. And I'm going on a, on a weekly basis. Over time, as I'm seeing results, will I be able to get more from less? Will I be able to dial back that networking commitment and maybe go to maybe once a fortnight or once a month and and still achieve results because my networking skills have improved. Yeah, I I believe so, and I've seen good networkers do that. They've put in a yeah significant commitment, and they've done it for a period of time. And after that time, as well as that, yeah, their experience, their expertise developing, they've developed a quantity and a quality of contacts that they can tap into, that they can help, that they can meet regularly. So that becomes more time consuming in terms of catching up, you know, staying in touch with, with these contacts. So perhaps isn't the same need, you know, to go to the same number of networking events, but there still have to be some events because how else are you going to meet the new contacts? So if it's been done more intensively, then to dial it down, but it's still regularly, then yes, seen that quite a bit. And that can still be very effective because your contact sphere has evolved by that stage. Because the flip side of it is as well, you know, if, you, if you're doing all this networking with a, a view to achieving more money in the bank, more sales, more people through your door, you're going to have to be there to answer the door. So, you know, <laughs> yes. you're going to have to dial it back a little bit just to be present within your business, aren't you? Yes, very much so. And again, some I've heard, especially in, in smaller businesses, saying I've done so much networking, you know, and it's been great, you know, but I'm struggling, struggling to keep up with everything because yeah, keeping up with the existing contacts, the new contacts, the operational stuff, and, and yeah, the new clients that have come as a result that's leading to, to more business. So we've got to be careful of that and not be a, a victim of our own success with too much effective networking, but still do it regularly because we still have to meet new people. Okay, what are my key takeaway points from this episode then on, on different types of networking event? It's to, especially for, for newer networkers, it's to, to take your time, to look online at the events that are that are out there. If you can, speak with somebody that you know or read reviews, many of others that have been, and then select the events that you um, that you hope are going to work for you. And then it's to commit and to and to go along and see how you, you get on. And if it's worked, to go back on a regular basis. That regular is different for, for everyone. And it's being honest about the about time commitment because an event has the prep, the event itself, and all that goes afterwards to, to make it effective. But all of the best networkers that I've seen over the years make a regular commitment. And even though that commitment may be different for everyone, it's regular commitment that gets the regular results. And that is episode two, scratching the surface, just investigating a little bit deeper into cows, not cow, the book. That was different types of networking event in episode two. Now, if someone listening thinks, right, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to get a copy of the book. How do they go about that, Andrew? It's to go into to Amazon to type in cows, comma, not cow, how to make your business networking really work. Get your credit card out. It won't be too painful at all.
Uh, now, in our next section, episode three, we discuss preparing properly and making the right start. I take it what you're referring to preparing for here is, is any and all of the events that we've been discussing today. Presumably, there may be different ways to approach different events. Yes, if there are you know, different formats, there are different requirements. Let's say there's a pitching element, there's a you know a little bit of public speaking, then yes, you need to be aware of that. But overall, it is the same prep per event, but that prep is, is so important. The best networkers do that. And it sets them up for, for success. Okay, next time then, episode three, preparing properly and making the right start. In the meantime, if you want to catch up on any of our episodes today, you can right here. Make sure you don't miss any of the rest of our season by clicking follow. And then that way, every episode we make going forward will automatically appear for you as it's released, which we just call magic because we don't understand how that works. Thanks for checking out Cows Not Cow, the book. We'll see you next time. 